Welcome to the Bunch Podcast. This is Chrissy. This is Says. Hey, this is Kara. This is Rail. <laughs> and today, you guys, we're going to be talking about mental health um, during this, you know, holiday season and as we wrap up this awful 2020 year. Oh, um, trash. <laughs> trash year. Um, but before we get into that, how have you guys been, Bunch members? <laughs> Well, um, <laughs> I was like, that's a loaded question. But if you're talking about recently, because it was recently, just, recently, yeah, I mean, you know, criminal was all right. It was, what cool. you call it? All right. Criminal was straight. I feel like it's set in more that when you reach this age, that you aren't necessarily getting showered with gifts. <laughs> it's like, you look at your priorities different. And I actually felt I was okay. And I was happy to have been able to buy people in my life gifts and not necessarily expect to get anything back. And I was like, dang, that's some maturity. (laughs) 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 Like I was legit just excited. Like, oh, my mama gonna like this gift or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel that be about the spirit of giving. I think and uh, spending time with like your loved ones, and you know it, it's still exciting. I'm not gonna lie when you uh, when you get a gift and it's kind of oh, yeah. No, I would always take a gift. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you thought of me? You got me something? That's cool. That's cool. But you know it as you get older, and then the, the other thing is like. Everything is the, like the things that I want are expensive. Like as an adult, like when you grow, you can't just you know like with kids you can get them some Polly Pocket stuff or whatever kids throwback. I remember kept a couple of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you tried to collect them. You had to yeah. collect all the little series. You know, the most that you would spend on kids is maybe like a video game um, or something <laughs> like a console or whatever, but. You know, as an adult, like outside of the PS5, everything I want is like appliances, um, blind, like you just want more expensive things that can't just be wrapped up with a bow. That's true. Yeah, I I feel like getting older. What? I was gonna call you out. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I was, I was ready. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say, you know, it was a good holiday. It was a bit exhausting um, trying to see all of the family. Um, and just, I think, you know, being in the pandemic, you have less uh, in-person contact. So you don't realize how much um, energy transfers or drains. Um, and I will say, you know, getting older, you don't you don't get it as much gifts, um, but I also don't care as much either. Yeah. Um, for me now, the important thing and the exciting thing about the holidays is like spending time with my loved ones, and you know, some, it has been nicer. You know, being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get this, 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 and this, and get a little extra if I'm feeling spicy for some way. You know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I have no complaints. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, for me. It was kind of perfect because I'm a new mom and um, my baby is about to be one years old. So she's kind of moving around and trying to talk and playing and discovering and learning new things. And I think that the gifts that we got her were were perfect for her. And um, she got to experience snow for the first time. Oh yeah, I saw those oh. videos on social media. Baby's first snow. That was cute. <laughs> and we when we did the family holiday photos, and so it was an overall blast to me. Um, as far as like gifts, um, I wasn't able to gift as much as I wanted to, but I didn't need anything. But um, some of my clients gifted me out of nowhere, and um, 
a couple of their reasons was because I helped them with their physical and mental health this year and they just wanted to show appreciation so I feel like those are gifts though related to huh I would yeah, say those are gifts say. oh I guess well it's reciprocation at that point Here we <laughs> but yeah one of my clients got me an iPad I'm like oh what? shit <laughs> thank you girl yeah that's client said thank you Damn. girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> The girl, like, I'm about to start, you know. What you do to them? I'm just nice, and I feel like, you know, I'm just good for the spirit and the soul, you know, that's all. But that that makes sense, though, because, like, I feel like a lot of people's challenge is when you think of, like, physical stuff, that's probably one thing every year somebody's like, I have this goal to reach this physical thing. Mm -hmm. So if you have somebody to help you along that way, like, I feel like that that kind of spreads out to other areas. Like you said, they said that you help them with their mental and it goes, you know, it all, it all go together. Like mind, body, yeah. soul, all that stuff. So, I mean, that's worth the iPad, I think. <laughs> I mean, sure. I'll accept that, you know. They got their summer body right now. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be ready for the post vaccine, you know. She lost 40 pounds and maintained that weight loss. And she that's got, the thing, too. Maintain. Trying to get ready for boat season next year, so and in a <laughs> pandemic, that's yeah. rough. Because yeah. everybody's been just sitting down for the most part, I think. Listen, and eating like, yeah. And I feel like even the social aspect of just coming into the gym, talking to somebody other than the people who's in the house, and it's a stress mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Christmas is good. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna just wrap that up and say that. <laughs> no, but then that definitely goes well with our topics today, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so on the menu today. Um, you know, we're talking about mental health and later on we're going to have um, a guest on by the name of Aisha Cunningham, which is a black female therapist who recently started the three snaps for that. More than <laughs> the, uh, the black um, therapist network. And she's going to come on and talk a little bit about that and her experience in the uh, mental wellness area yeah because i think we were talking about how just in general everybody's talked about how being in the middle of a pandemic has been stressful like we had an episode um did we i don't know if we did more than one episode but i know about like the quarantine episode yeah quarantine bay yeah we've talked about being in the pandemic in a lot of different aspects so like rounding off the year discussing mental health and then people already like there there's ongoing issues with you know depression and people are constantly facing these things depression and anxiety um but that on top of it being the holiday season, people are alone, people have lost loved ones, and this is like their first time being without that loved one. And then on top of that, also dealing with, you know, a pandemic. So it's, it's real heavy this year. So it's good to have someone who is a professional in this area to kind of help our listeners and even us if there are certain tips and things that we can follow that'll help us uh kind of try to manage as best we can uh, um, these different personal battles that we have. So, yeah. Has the, the pandemic hit you guys, like, mentally at all? Uh, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, to an extent. Because I feel like it hit me, and I didn't even know that it hit me and it was going to hit me until randomly one day I was at work, and then I just got upset out of nowhere. And I was like, something's wow. up. Yeah. Did you yeah. know at that time that it was the pandemic that was causing you to be upset or did it take some time before it, you were like, oh, this is why I was feeling this way? I mean, I, ass- okay. So I just assumed that was it because like everything was pretty normal and was some reflection that was required. I was like, you know, why I'm upset. And I was like, I'm just thinking about all these things and like, they're completely out of my control. And then I was mm-hmm. a little upset because like, I can't, I can't live the way and move the way that I want to right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was kind of pissing me off, but then, you know, I was like, okay, well, why aren't you doing these things? And I was like, you know, I would hate myself if like, 
I was like, oh yeah, let me just do this real quick. And then like, I infected my parents. I just assumed I'd be asymptomatic. So mm-hmm. I just assumed I would feel fine and I would go see them and then, you know, God forbid. And so that's what, you know, I felt like I was stuck between like doing the right thing and like being boring. Um, so, yeah, I was like, yeah. maybe this is it. And I just didn't even see it coming. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Maybe even we can bring that up. Um with uh, our special guest later on is like having that, I feel like being in the pandemic and the relationships that you have, that affects your mental health also. And you have to Mm -hmm. think about balancing um, your interactions with family, with not, you know, you don't want to infect anyone, balancing interactions with friends. It's like, you want to hang out, but everybody doesn't feel comfortable doing that. And it's just kind of like a lot, it's just so heavy. But on top of that, it's like, it's you know a lot to whine about (laughs) so yeah I think um it's I can definitely agree with Nicole as far as like not realizing it's hit you um or the pandemic is like um um, contributing to um someone who already has depression and anxiety and it's like, you could be doing fine, but then you realize, like, you look up, like, you haven't done um, your favorite things or your hobbies, like, nothing excites you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> like, you're just uninterested in everything because you can't, um, like you say, you can't move the way you want to, typically. <clears throat> and again, I think we're all uh, fortunate to still, you know, be employed and receiving um, income during the toughest time of our life. And, um, but it's like, you're, you're still working and it's frustrating. We all know that work is frustrating, but typically, you know, you're able to go to happy hour after work and be with your friends and you're, you know, you're able to go, like you have something to look forward to um, during the weekend where you're able to go and do your favorite things and just go out bar hop, um, I miss bowling personally, like brunch, um, brunch. Yeah. Like oh we have these igloos, but now it's cold. And I think during the summer it was, um, or even like, the spring and the summer is when, um, you know, we had, you know, obviously some really good weather. We were able to go out, take a walk, kind of relieve, um, the stress. Um, a lot of people got into bike riding, um, kind of getting a little mogul pass. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I like I had gotten a bike, and you you know you just had that freedom. But now we just got like a big snowfall, and yeah, you know it's cold. You don't want to really like go outside and eat just to just to have that break. So now you're really trapped inside. Traveling is a risk. Um. And so now you're you're kind of forced um, to to figure out ways to still have an enjoyable life um, inside your home. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, especially when it comes to like seeing your friends and family, it's always a risk. Like, you know, it's like, is this moment worth it? So it's like you you battle between understanding that everybody can't come and see your um, and it's not because they don't want to, it's just because of this fear. And then also the fact like, do they want to see me or do they not want to see me? Or like, we not cool anymore. It's like you, you're, you're, you start to question like your relationships with people. And, um, and, but you have to keep reminding yourself, like, it's nothing personal. It's just, this is what's going on. And again, like pertaining more so to what we're talking about today, like it, all of those things contribute to your mental health and take a toll, like just how you, how you start to think and how you start to look at people. Um, and so it's, it's just, it's crazy how um, this, this pandemic has uh, affected multiple parts of, of our psyche in a way. So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to, to unpack, I think. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, for me, 
Um, I could agree with you know most of what you guys said, but I just try to keep a routine. And I feel like at the same time, I've been busy just being a mom. So I haven't even had the time to think about some things. Um, but just trying to keep a, a routine and just, I don't know, getting in the word and trying to uh, as positive as possible has helped me to have minimal effects mentally, I'll say. Um, so yes, listeners, I want you guys to welcome Aisha Cunningham, who is a Black therapist, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about, you know, mental health and dealing with certain things during the pandemic, and I'll let her explain the rest. Okay. <laughs> well, hi, guys. Um, hi. My name is... Aisha Cunningham, and I'm really excited um, to join your podcast today to talk all things mental health. Um, so just a little bit about me. Um, I am a high school counselor for um, a school in downtown Detroit, but I'm also a therapist. And I've been a therapist um, for about three and a half years now. It'll be four years next year. Um, and I absolutely yeah. love what I do. Um, I, uh, currently work for a firm, um, called Counseling Works, uh, it's located in, in Southfield, Michigan, um, where I provide services to women of color and adolescents of color, heavy on the of color. Um, yeah. <laughs> talk about it. I, um, just have a passion for my community and to see my community healthy and whole mentally, physically, emotionally socially, all of that. Um, So that's a little bit about, you know, me and just what I do. Um, I'm sure we'll get into this a a little bit later, but I did currently um, uh, found a network called the Black Therapist Network. And um, half of it is to provide um, our community, African-American community, with access to Black female and male therapists of all different types of specialties. Um, and then the other half is for um, Black clinicians to network together and grow personally and professionally through professional um, development opportunities, continuing education credit opportunities, um, different workshops, funding opportunities, um, you know, for various businesses that we may have or just for private practice and things of that sort, as well as investing in ourselves um, when it comes to self-care, because a lot of times people in helping professions uh-huh. take care of everything else and not themselves and so we're going to be adding in about self-care for for clinicians well since you already started on it because i feel like that's that's such a dope idea a black therapist network and when uh christy brought that to us basically said that you founded this network so what was it that made that got those wheels turning when was it founded and why did you see the need tell us a little bit more about that Okay. Um, I literally, we just started um, September of this okay, year. So this oh, year. Wow. Okay. Sweet. Mm-hmm. And that's when like, you know, I just got the the ball rolling in terms of like, you know, set, uh, setting the foundation for the business itself. Um, but this year, um, and I, I've always, I've always been passionate just about the black community, period. I feel like my parents, I was raised by basically two Black Panthers, okay? So it's always been about <laughs> Blackness. Um, <laughs> black, and, black, 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 I love it. <laughs> and, um, I recently, like, just been able to, to to flourish as a therapist this year in terms of, like, you know, getting booked. And so when, when people would try to... Um, you know, book a session with me and I would be booked, I would feel so sad because I'm like, I want to help everybody, but but I don't I don't have any space. And so I would be trying to refer um the potential clients to other black therapists. And the only and I only knew a few in the city and they were booked too. And so I'm like, this is not okay. So I wanted to create a space, especially since we're like in this virtual, virtual space right now. Um where people could access uh, black therapists and, and it could help their search a little bit a little bit more because 
I don't know if you guys ever tried to sex with a therapist, but it can be very taxing, draining, annoying, all of that. Especially because I yeah. got yeah. <laughs> I was about that too. Finding access to one has been a struggle. Yes. And um I also also know that that finding finding one that you can connect to can also be a struggle. And so I just wanted to create a space where it will be easier. You can search by location all over the US. Um, and, you know, search by, you know, what type of insurance do they take and what is their specialty um, and all of that. And so I wanted to just have a space with only black clinicians. I'm not talking about anybody else, just black <laughs> because <laughs> research just shows that any minority, whether you're an Asian, a Hispanic, black, you just tend to want to talk to somebody that you feel like can relate to your experience. Exactly. Um, mm -hmm. And so anytime that somebody would want to be, you know, referred, they would say like, okay, well, please, you know, try to find, you know, me a, a, another black therapist, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and so then on the other hand was, I also just wanted to connect with other black clinicians. Like it's, it's so hard to, you, on most sites where you go to look for black therapists, it's not like a space for us to connect. It's just for us to be listed so people could find us. And so I wanted to talk to other Black clinicians. I wanted us to have access to various, you know, opportunities. A lot of times, you know, just in, a, in any profession when it comes to just, just our community, it's really hard to, to, to gain access to certain things that our counterparts have access to. And so I wanted to create a space for us, by us, to have access to everything else that everybody else has. Um, and so, you know, that if that, if that means partnering with different universities so that we can get those continuing education required, um, you know, um, experience experiences, if, if it means that, you know, we, you know, are the experts in, in our field. And so why can't we just learn from each other? You may, um, have more information on childhood trauma and I ha may have more information on, um, you know, anxiety and depression in our community. And so instead of always seeking for for people outside of our community to school us on us we need to do it mm. um so that's why i created the network that's awesome yes, <laughs> you had talked about there's been an increase over this year particularly with people requesting access to therapy mm -hmm. so like we already know on top of the the pandemic, racial issues, which have always been around, but that has you know reached the boiling point this year too. So what I don't know how much you can share with this because I know there's like patient confidentiality, but like are people coming in specifically for those things, or is it like a complete umbrella, or like what are you seeing people seeking help for? Honestly, it's been a plethora of things. I think this year pushed people to find someone to talk to um, because they recognize in, in this quarantine, a lot of us have had to deal with ourselves. We probably would have liked to. Um, yes. <laughs> like I can't go out, you know, to a movie or bowling or whatever my karaoke, whatever my activities were that I could run to. Um, instead I had to, you know, figure out, okay, God, I can't, I can't, I can't run from this thing. Like I, I have to deal with me. Mm -hmm. um, so I think because we were put in this position, a lot of us had time to think about things that we normally wouldn't think about or, um, circumstances that may have, have come up that may have been triggering, um, you know, that, that kind of triggered some, you know, maybe depressive thoughts or anxiety or, or, you know, family issues, you know, some of us who are married, um, are like, Oh my God, like I got to look at you every day. Yeah. It's so it just caused people to say, mm, I need an outlet and I need to be able to gain whatever skill coping mechanism or just have a space to get it all out. Um, and, and so it's been it's been a range of things. It, it isn't necessarily um, 
the the racial injustices that have been uh it, it's been on another level this year um or you know just the pandemic with life just literally shifting overnight mm-hmm. one week we're at the movies at the bar without no mask on at work and then the mm-hmm. next i can't i gotta go to the, to the store with a mask and gloves on so mm-hmm. that shift um or i have to be a full-time professional and a full-time school teacher because my kids is at home and it's just a lot of transition and adjustment. And I think that's what um, really pushed pushed our community to say, okay, I'm gonna go this route. Yeah. Would you so, say that, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, um, it doesn't sound like it, you know, today, but before was there a struggle for you to get business because there is, you know, typically a stigma in the black community for seeking out mental health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the only thing that held me up was at the time uh, when I was on my limited license, I couldn't take insurance. You have to be on your full license. And so um, because of the demographic that I wanted to serve, most of them wanted to use their insurance um, because it was too much to pay out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was honestly the only the only barrier, I would say. But what I've come to recognize is that two people will pay for what they want if, you know, they really feel like they they like you as a, as a therapist. And then two, if they really feel like, you know, this is the route that they want to go. Um, so some people still, you know, do do private pay. And then I have some people who, you know, would rather use their insurance. So the only barrier I would say that I had was I could only do private pay for a certain amount of time. So this year you feel like people are making that decision. Like, this is definitely what I need. Like you said, they're going to pay for what they need or really want. So you've seen more people making that commitment this year as opposed to previous years. Because you said you've been doing this for what, like three years? Is that the time? Yeah, so, uh-huh. so I just, and two, I, uh, I know I probably saw influx because I'm able to take insurance this year. I got um, fully licensed earlier this year. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, And so I think that's what it was. Um, And then, too, you know, just starting off, um, you learn how to market and, you know, just the business aspect of it. Um, So I think because I was fairly new to the field, um, then, then, you know, that, that was it. But I feel like our community has always... um, sought out services it may have just been a portion of our community mm-hmm. um, but i think that this generation is definitely becoming more and more it's becoming more and more normalized mm-hmm. to, to go in and talk to somebody because it doesn't mean that something is wrong with you right right on to talk to somebody and that's that's perfectly fine like i believe therapists have therapists i'm a whole therapist with one okay and i love her <laughs> it's necessary <laughs> so um yeah it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean and, and two like my relationship with my therapist has grown into i've been seeing her for it'll be three years in january honestly that i've been seeing her um and she has helped me grow like professionally. This has mm-hmm. turned from, you know, something from when I first started going with her. It was more because of PTSD, because I had experienced something traumatic that made that pushed me to go. I was already looking for one just because I was trying to balance working full time and new to the field. But then um, I wind up witnessing one of my students passing in our building. Mm-hmm. And that was extremely traumatic. And um, I just went to went to go see her, but working through that, so now she's like helping me, just you know, with with like I said, professional development and just pushing me in, in that arena. So it's more than just oh, you know, I something has happened or I've noticed this or I want to work on this toxic trait. Um, it's really just the space to grow. I think my next question was gonna be um the differences um, between, or no, the importance of having a black therapist as a black woman or man. Okay. Um, Honestly, 
I just think it has something to do with um, just the relatability factor. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling connected on a certain level. And then there's just this certain, I don't know if swag is the word, but there's like just this certain aura I feel mm-hmm. like black bears have. And two, it's just like how we communicate, period, as a community, right? That doesn't shut off just because I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. When I'm in session with somebody, yes, they're going to get, of course, Aisha's therapist and not Aisha, you know, like what version my sisters would get. But also there's just still this connection of of how we communicate with one another. Mm -hmm. And then also understanding how trauma affects us differently because we have a lot more factors added and that gives black therapists and you know african-americans seeking a black therapist a a different advantage versus when you go to someone who's not of color who can't empathize and i think empathy is the the thing that that's really the kicker people can sympathize um, or, or, or they tend to feel like, quote unquote, they have sympathy, you know, with what you're going through and what you're dealing with and what you're feeling, but they can't really relate. And that's what empathy is. It's like, I'm carrying this with you. Mm-hmm. I can feel what you're feeling. Um, and I think that's what sets us apart. And then there was, yeah, a, there was we a- were actually talking about this, um, last week, um, we were doing bunch conversations where we just had a conversation with um, uh, the terms like hood and street dudes. Um, and just, we talked about, uh, we touched on mental health for a bit as far as um, if they are likely to see a therapist um, because of the things that they see on a day-to-day basis, living in their environment, or mm-hmm. even some of the things that they've <clears throat> done, or like I said, it, Excuse me, a lot of death has uh, surrounded them. And so uh, they they would mention like, no, this is this is who I go to to talk about this because they feel like a therapist um, wouldn't understand um, what they what they um, endure. And um, they were saying like no one would be able to relate to them. So, again, it touches it, it um, validates that that relatability um, aspect of seeing a black therapist or seeing a therapist that looks like you. Um, and so they were, you know, they, they kind of agreed, like, no, they wouldn't understand me because they don't, they don't live. They've, they've never had to live the life that I did. And so it's important. Um, I know for me, like to be able to have a conversation and, and seek validity in, in how I'm feeling, um, Mm -hmm. With with the therapist um, that I that I choose, and I'm like I know that you can't necessarily share all of like your your personal life um, or some of the things that you've done to relate to that person, but is like like how you can um, talk to them that like the way you talk to them it's like you're hip like you said swag there's a swag about you um, um, there there has to be that familiarity there for somebody to even begin to open up. Yes. I, I saw this meme that came out because we know about the superpowers or whatever that we were supposed to get <laughs> on the 21st, but we already been, you know, super powerful or whatever. But there was a meme in this lady <laughs> that I love my therapist because the day after December 21st, which they deemed the Negro solstice, as soon yeah. as I walked into my um, session, she was like, so what kind of superpowers did you get? And that's yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, you're not going to go into a non-Black person's therapy session if that's your therapist. They're probably not going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope, they're not. Um, and that's so funny because I did the same thing um, on, <laughs> our, <laughs> on our networks page um, where I basically told, when I was talking about our um therapist enrolling like you know make sure that you guys because we actually open enrollment on the 21st and so i you know basically put that in our video like and make sure y'all bring y'all superpowers when y'all go (laughs) 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 so yeah it's 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 different it's just a different connection 
the questions that I have first, like for somebody who is trying to find, cause you already talked about the obstacles and matching with a therapist that fits for you. So like, I think that's probably like a step two, three, like down the line, but how do you even recognize that you need to seek therapy? Mm, like, yes. What does that look like? And what does hmm. it take after you realize that you, you need to seek something? That's a good one. Um, I think honestly, that is a, it has to be like a personal, I don't want to say conviction, but it's to me, that would have to be a decision that is different for everybody. So because we are all different and we are all set up differently in terms of what we feel like we can or cannot handle, um, it's really going to be up to that individual if you are noticing that you are experiencing um, emotions that you feel like you can't control, if you are feeling like you really don't have support or, or anybody that really understands you or listens to you, if you're feeling like you're kind of in a space where, shoot, you confused your own self and you're trying to filter through through your own emotions um, and your own feelings or your own thoughts. If you're recognizing that your relationships, friendships um, in general, no matter if it's a romantic, siblings, with your parents, um, whatever it is, that they're not functioning and the way you're communicating isn't getting you where you need to be. Like these could be all different things that 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 you experience at, at various amount of times. And it could be, you know, that you just need someone to help you navigate through those thoughts, through those feelings. Maybe, you know, you and your spouse are having a hard time communicating and maybe you just need a mediator. Because a lot of times, even, even parents with their children or you know, like I said, it could be siblings, whatever the case is. Sometimes when we speak, we think that it's going to land a certain way to whoever we're speaking to. And they can hear something totally different than the words that you actually just said. Yes. So sometimes it's just that space where somebody could communicate what you're trying to say to that other person so that it lands. So there are a lot of different, different, different reasons or things that you've been holding on to that you think is normal. That actually isn't, it's not normal. You know, you being touched at a, at a, at a young age, that's not, that's not a normal behavior. That's not something that is okay. You were a child, you know, and, and sometimes we feel like, oh, you know, well, I'm over that, got past it. But you didn't because you're triggered by everything. And so it really, it, it just depends on, like I said, where a person is um, and where they feel like they are in their lives to actually take that that step to to go talk to somebody. I think the the thing that holds us back is honestly fear, um, because we don't know what that process looks like if we've never you know talked to anybody, or if we feel like everybody that we talk to judges us. And so what it what's the difference if I go see a therapist? All they're gonna do is judge me, and that's honestly not our job. Our job is not to fix you because you're a human being. You cannot be fixed. You are someone that was born worthy, already valuable, with a purpose, and you just may need, you know, help, like I said, navigating through some things. So it's it's not, it's not, you know, you're not a, a project. It's just having a space to release, to be honest. And so, you know, it's not, it's not a set set thing. Now there are some, there are some things that, you know, you, you know, if you tell your doctor that you're experiencing certain things, or, you know, if you're having homicidal ideation or suicidal ideation and things of that nature, then yes, go talk to somebody. 
Thank so you, you, you mentioned before the reason you went to go see or uh, there was a Trump traumatic event. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't experience a traumatic event, you're saying that that's still still reason enough. Because I'm saying this because uh, personally, I've never seen a therapist. Mm-hmm. And after this year, and I feel like that's kind of rooted in a lot of different things, because I was like definitely brought up in like the black church. And then I feel like that's a whole nother episode in and of itself, like with <laughs> with the uh, surrounded around the stigma at least from what i've experienced it's like when mm-hmm. jesus fix it all it's like well you know jesus you know if that's what you believe he mm-hmm. also put therapists out here so to help but i uh sought out a therapist and then one of the questions um when i was speaking to the the um secretary she was just like um, so what are you coming here for? She was like, so do you, are you, are you depressed? Do you this? And I didn't know how to answer. Like I was just kind of stuck. I didn't know. I'm just like, can you say like all of the above? Like, I felt like that was kind of like, I, I don't know if I just overreacted to it or if I was just too dramatic to the question, but you know, I was just kind of like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. That's why I'm calling. <laughs> that. that was just uh-huh. interesting. Sometimes, and I think it's all who people, sometimes I feel like people have to be trained a little bit better in how they ask people questions because it's, first of all, what if I want to tell you it's none of your business? That's why I'm coming to see a therapist. But um, (laughs) sometimes they ask that to make sure you're placed with someone who uh, would be a good fit, you know, in, in terms of like, I only see women and adolescents, but if it's a guy calling and it's another therapist in the office that sees men, then, you know, sometimes they ask, you know, certain questions to make sure they, they get to the right person. Um, but, you know, technically you could have just said, cause I just want to talk to somebody like there's not a, I don't know if I'm depressed. That's why I'm coming here. You know what I'm saying? So it, it doesn't have to be, you don't automatically have to have like a set, you know, you know, grief or um, if it's, you know, work stress, like you don't have to be able to name it specifically. It could just be like, you know what? I just want to, I just want to talk. I just want to talk. Mm-hmm. I just want to see if this, you know, like this off my list, see if this will help. Um, you don't, you don't have to exactly know because a lot of times people will come in with one thing and then we uncover a whole slew of other things. Because um, I feel like that's going to be the situation when I do have <laughs> my first thing. Because it's just like, I, I feel like this year in general has been heavy, but you know, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, you've been sitting with yourself this year since we have been mm-hmm. in quarantine and you start to realize things. So I definitely, even though I'm never going to see it, just definitely encourage everybody to go speak to somebody. Yeah. Absolutely. It's no, it's no shame. It's nothing wrong with it. And like I said, it's, it's really a, a space where you can just grow as a person. Like, and, and I'm just speaking like personally for myself, you know, you, you may feel like, you know, yourself, especially like the older that you get. And I honestly realized I had a couple of toxic traits. I said, Oh, Aisha. Hmm. You should fix that. Um, and it feels freeing to to become more and more self-aware because then you're able to, one, it has honestly made me a better therapist, but just made me, makes me a, a, a better individual because now I know how to communicate my needs to somebody else. But if you don't know what you're carrying and you don't really know, you know, uh, things or, or um, not characteristics that you may have that's causing you barriers professionally or personally or whatever, you know, if you don't really take the time to, to dive into that, then you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. And not only that, but you, you just, you want to be the best version of yourself. And that's honestly why I got into this work as well. I wanted to assist others being being the best version of themselves um and you know what's crazy i don't know have y'all seen that movie soul yet yes um, about I to watch me it. and my sister watched it um christmas that was really good it was so good but it just made me think about and i'm not gonna do any spoilers for anybody who <laughs> hasn't seen it <laughs> 
But one of the things this ignited was living. And how many of us just aren't? Mm. And sometimes you can't really like live life to the to the best of your ability if you're not giving yourself the space and opportunity to do that by, you know, recognizing some traits that you have, by, you know, um, just just building different skills that you may need or just developing who you are as a person. And, and that's something that, that therapy can can provide for you. So I it's a certain that comes with it. I feel like you can not only for yourself, but even like with your surrounding relationships too, like you'll see an improvement just by working on yourself. Absolutely. Yes. Did you have to do yeah. um when you first started looking for a therapist for yourself, did you have to do, I think they call it like dating around to find like your perfect match or like, do you have like, I don't have any tips for how you find like, the the right match for yourself because mm-hmm. so, I know sometimes if you just want to talk you don't really know what's going to be impacted and like who makes the most sense mm-hmm. um so honestly I was sort of blessed to I did call around but I had already heard of this therapist um because she went to U of D so um, I had heard about her through other like, you know, colleagues in my program um, and she had finished the program a few years before me. Um, and I knew that I was looking for someone who could intertwine faith in our sessions um, because, you know, that's a huge part of who I am and how I've responded to certain situations. And so I wanted somebody who could relate to that. Of course, I wanted somebody black. I wasn't even looking at nobody else. Um, and then who took my insurance was another. <laughs> was that, another part, that part. Yes. <laughs> um, and when I sat down, oh, Lord, I think I cried the whole session. Like it was just, it was like, oh my God, I didn't even know I needed that. But she was just so... She just allowed me to have that space. Um, and so I didn't think, thankfully, I didn't have to, to date around. Like I said, I called around, you know, a couple of places. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was one who, you know, got right back to me, which was a good sign. Um, had availability and took my insurance and was able to intertwine faith. And so um, when people are looking, and this is one of the reasons why um, I'm going to have under... Um, therapist profile on on our network, the type of the type of therapist they are and what they specialize in. Because if you go to someone, um, or if you kind of know what you may be looking for in terms of like, okay, I know that I've experienced this, so or or I know that I really struggle with anxiety. So you know, if I see that they have like women's issues or anxiety under their profile, I'll give them a call and is going to take, you know, actually calling, you know, different offices to kind of see like, hmm, okay, I think I got a good feel for, for this one. Um, and that part is still going to be the part where you still have to like search in terms of like, you know, calling different places, mm-hmm. but at least, you know, there is a space for you to just go and see, you know, who is all available, who's accepting new clients, who takes your insurance and, and things of that nature. So there's still a, a part of the process where you have to call around. But I would say do not get discouraged if you book with somebody and you realize like, hmm, I didn't really like their energy. Yeah. It doesn't mean that everybody is like that. I've had clients who um have had that experience and then they come see me and they're like you know I didn't even know it could be like this and I'm like I'm so glad that you gave it another chance because you found a fit um and and I'm not everybody's fit so you know there have been some people where I have said well you know I think I can you know refer you out um and x y and z because you my most my my thing is I want everybody to have a good experience 
um, because there are some really dope people out here that can help. And then two, you know, there may be, you know, maybe people who may need to go see um, a psychologist because you actually need to, to get a psyche valve or, or something like that. Or maybe, you know, you don't want the whole therapeutic approach and you're just looking for a life coach because, you know, you have certain goals that you want to, to reach and you just really want to focus strictly on that. Um, and so uh, there will be access to that as well. But it really just it's going to take, like I said, just kind of calling around and seeing what's a what's a good fit and what you feel like is is good to you. And I think we all know that, like, you know, what feels good or, you know, what kind of feels like mm, I could go this route. So just listen to that. Like I'm in the dating stage or the whatever you call it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the people that I contact, I'm still waiting for her to get back to me. And I'm like, I don't like being left on red. So yeah. that's, that's up some trauma. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, I want to know, like going forward, like people go to see a therapist and they're like, I'll go to a few sessions or they'll commit. But like, is this, because you see on social media, like healing never stops. Like it's an ongoing process. So how long or is there a time frame in which you should see a therapist? What is, what does that look like? Honestly, everybody is different. I've had some, some clients where I'm like, okay, so we can start talking about, you know, it's, it's, it's called a transition plan um, because they felt like they met their goals. Um, because, you know, with, with coming to therapy as a treatment plan, you create goals with your therapist. We track your progress um and things like that so I've had some that have transitioned out and you know they talk to me when they feel like you know they need to um and that door is always open and then there are some who's just like girl I ain't ain't giving this up no time soon and that's how I feel about my own therapist I'm like listen I know I've grown but sis I'm about to this ain't stopping no time soon so it's really no um It's really no time frame. Honestly, it really depends on the person and where they feel like they are and if they feel like they gained what they need. Um, I think that was, you know, one of the the best informationals and like also like a plug for our people. Like yes to the black <laughs> therapist network snaps and the <laughs> um i think i mean we should just go ahead and give a tip or have you give a tip rel was gonna tell us exactly how to, way to go ahead so what are things that people can do at home um mm-hmm. to to cope in the case that they either cannot afford um, a therapist or maybe they're just not ready to take that next step to actually talking mm-hmm. to someone, um, mm-hmm. but you know, dealing with um, the pandemic or the panorama, um, mm-hmm. like what are what are some things that people can do to cope with depression and anxiety um, at home? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a few things, and really the the basis of it is going to be taking care of yourself. I know that it has been a, a hot phrase self-care um but that's really honestly what's going to keep us all afloat um making sure that you are doing things to pour back into yourselves um i think a lot of people especially this year have experienced a insurmountable amount of grief um, and just adjusting. And most times when you're, when you're seeking therapy, a part of, for grief, especially a part of, um, what we do is a self-care plan because it's very important to take care of yourself while you're grieving. Cause you can get lost in that. Um, and so whether that means you are still going outside to take in a breath of fresh air, if that means that you are going to the mall just to walk around and move your body, do that. If that means that you are tapping back into hobbies that you've dropped off, maybe it's sewing, maybe it is um, playing an instrument, maybe it's something just as small as um, coloring in a coloring book or drawing or 
painting, if it is um, getting back into reading and starting a book club with your friends, if it is recognizing that, you know what, I have all of these things that I want to do and I need an accountability partner, tap into your who you have in your life and hold each other accountable to the things that, that you want to do. If it is um, managing your anxiety a couple of good things to do, and it may seem small until you actually try it, is deep breathing exercises. Those work wonders. And one of them is making sure that you inhale for four seconds, hold for four seconds, and exhale for six seconds. And if you continuously do that, you'll feel yourself mellow out. Another good thing to try is grounding yourself in gratitude. What gratitude does is it shifts our perspective. And so if we are constantly in this state of, oh, the, do y'all cuss on here? Do you? You're in a, a constant state of this shit sucks. <laughs> this is for the birds. I hate it here. If yeah. you're constantly like <laughs> in that state, you're going to stay there. And so making sure that you're ending your day with, okay, what went well? Yes, I acknowledge this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. But what went well? Mm -hmm. Or setting your intentions for the day. And that just means, okay, what do I look forward to today? I know that I'm going to be stuck at home working. But what is something that I can look forward to? Maybe I'll try a new a new recipe. Or maybe I'll go to the grocery store and, and pick a fruit that I've never tried. It's so many things that we usually in the hustle and bustle take for granted that now we're put in a position to be grateful for. And so just making sure that we're grounding ourselves in gratitude can go a very, very long way. Maybe it's joining an online community because you don't really have tangible people in your lives to connect to right now. Um, and so, you know, seeing where, you know, some supportive online groups are. So there are a few things, um, but but my, my tip would just be to take care of yourself, whatever that looks like, healthy, in a healthy way, because we can feel like we have some vices when we're taking care of ourselves, but it's not healthy. So healthy, healthy um, ways of, of taking care of yourself. I really appreciate the, the positive connotation you put in this thing. <laughs> but, and I really like the grounding and gratitude. Yes. Mm -hmm. Also being intentional because I feel like, like I said, I'm, I haven't seen a therapist, but I've been just trying, trying to, figure it out on my own for as long as I can. But it's like when I set something, I like the idea of finding something to look forward to in a day. Like mm -hmm. that really, I can noticeably, noticeably see my mood or feel my mood change when I'm like, okay, if all I do today is go walk around the track at Oak Park, then I know that's going to, that's going to positively impact my mood. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. Yeah, something that help, helps me too, um, along with grounding is like meditation. Like the more regular I get at that, like the more focused and more quiet my mind has become. So. Yes. Meditation is definitely one. Mm -hmm. I forgot to mention that. Also creating a routines for yourself. So a morning routine or a night. Yeah. Routine, yeah. Um, definitely helps. And I am one who has to maintain my morning routine. Okay. Or, you know, I'm liable to be a little cranky, but um, those things be, those, those things become really important. Or if you find that you're more anxious in the evening, um, it could be doing some, something as simple as listening to some calming music and stretching and, and then having a, a, a glass of tea and, you know, watching something funny before you go to bed. So, you know, it doesn't have to be something that's like, oh, so, so grand. Um, but, but, you know, putting some routines in your day could help too. Those are definitely some really good tips. Thank you.
Definitely. All of that is so helpful. And I think it'll help us as well as our listeners cope with all of the heaviness of this year and beyond, as well as any past things that we haven't even begun to, you know, touch on. Mm-hmm. So we really thank you for joining our podcast and dropping some gems on us. So before we close out, we definitely want to know ultimately how people can access the Black Therapist Network. Give us, you know, whatever websites or if you're on social media and if you're comfortable, um, your own personal social media, you know, for people who would like to see if you're a good match for them. <laughs> as a so, yeah, go ahead and run that down for us. Sure. Um, so our, our site doesn't fully launch until January 11th. We're just in the process of enrolling therapists now. Okay. Um, but right now you guys can follow us on Instagram at the Black Therapist Network. Um, we also have a Facebook page, the same name, the Black Therapist Network. Um, and all of our information will be posted there when we fully launch. Um, for any Black clinicians that are listening, um, you can enroll in that uh, enrollment link is in all of our social media bios. Um, and as for my personal social, it is um, at AC the Therapist. Um, and that's my uh, Instagram. Okay, we're going to follow you. The bunch is going to follow you. So we just, I just, just did it. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you so much again for um, hopping on the Bunch podcast. And we definitely want to use all the advice that you gave us and put it to um, actually using it. So um, just to close out, I don't even know I was, <laughs> what I was about to say. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of the podcast. This is Kara. This is Chris. And right. I share. <laughs> right, y'all stay safe, stay healthy. Bye. 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 Bye.